Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. We're here again. Can you believe it's been this long? I, I really can't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, today we are going to a new system. It's a system I have never owned before. Mm-hmm. Today we played Lunar 1 on the Sega CD. I know, right? I never had a Sega CD either. Well, there we go. Let's find out more about Russ's history with not having a Sega CD in personal history. So this game is a little bit different um, than most of the other ones that we've played. I don't have a big personal history with this other than um, I think it was like Electronic Gaming Monthly. I kept seeing advertisements for this game back in the 90s and I really wanted to play it and I was really mad (laughs) that it was not available for Nintendo, which was the only game system that I had when I was a kid. So I didn't play this um, version of Lunar until I was an adult. Um, after I played the PlayStation remake of, of it. So I had experience with the PlayStation version first, then I went back and played the Sega CD version. So, like a lot of the games that we play, I got nothing. Um, but I will point out that, like Russ said, there is a remake of Lunar 1. In fact, there's multiple remakes, but the remake for the PlayStation is apparently the basis for all of the thing, all of the releases that came after it. So there's a very strong possibility that if you've played Lunar, unless you played the Sega CD version, you played a very different game from what Russ and I have played for this review. So if it sounds like Russ and I don't know what the hell we're talking about because you know the game and that's not how the game is, we played the original Sega CD version, which is vastly different in some respects. So that's all I've got. So I have, again, my little story synopsis. A series of small adventures lead our child hero to accidentally help a wizard bent on world conquest. Now, with the fate of the world and his childhood friend's life in the balance, he must gather the power to save the world. That's very dramatic. Well, it turns out to be quite the dramatic tale. It is. Uh, Before we get to the one issue I really have with the story, did you want to tell us about the characters? The characters are, um, the main character is Alex, a young man who idolizes Dragon Master Dine, um, who is a great hero from, not really a great hero from the legends, because it was only like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. He's a great hero who was, like, here last week. Yeah, he's a great hero who's, like, 40 now, but, um, 
Anyway, he idolizes Dragon Master Dine, and he wants to be Dragon Master himself, so he sets out on an adventure with his best friend and his, like, adopted sister to go meet the White Dragon, um, which is the first step to becoming a Dragon Master. And they get some poop from the dragon. They do. That's they get the first some dragon's quest. poop, dragon's poop, uh, diamonds. Yep. So a dragon diamond is just dragon feces. The dragon is a little confused as to why they want its poop, yeah. but, you know, all right, take it. Um, and then along the way, he meets um, a couple of wizards, and he meets a tomboy priestess, and a drunk Robin Hood-esque good thief guy. Um, it's a really quirky cast of characters. The game is very funny. It's It relies a lot on humor. Yeah, it does um, have a, a pretty good sense of humor. The and it's one of those games, kind of like Lufia 2, I feel, that like it would be a really good anime series. With just their little adventures in each town. And so we're going to spoil the game for you now. If you don't want to, if you don't want a spoiler, skip to the next section. But I just, I have to talk about a problem I have. With the plot. Well, the game is only 25 years old. I know, but this... Uh, really, if you haven't played this game, I, I recommend it now. If, if Because it's really... It was really enjoyable. So that's the reason I'm mentioning the spoiler. Is normally... Uh, I, I could care less whether or not you go out and play the games after we've played them and reviewed them. But this one, I kind of recommend. But... Uh, the, he does not recommend Chrono Trigger. No, no. I Don't assume... I assume, ever play that. I assume everybody's already played Chrono Trigger. Um, the main issue I have with... The, so, the wizard who's the main villain yeah. was one of Dragon Master Dine's companions when they saved the world previously. Correct. Mm -hmm. His reason for turning evil and wanting to conquer the world is because Dine sacrificed his life to save the world. And he was so upset at the loss of his friend's life that he decided to take revenge on the world. Except then we find out that Dine isn't dead. He's been living in disguise. And then we find out the evil wizard knew that all along. The evil wizard knew he wasn't dead. Right. So yeah. why is he trying to take over the world? I completely understand where you're coming from. And that's... yeah. I completely understand. I, from what I understand, they changed that a little bit in the remake, and they make it more about him being upset at his friend Dine being stripped of his power. In the re So in the remake, my take is that Galleon, the evil wizard, is in love with Dine, kind of. Okay. Because in the remake, Dine and Alfina, the goddess, want to be together. And so she decides to become human to be with Dine, and he thinks that she's being a selfish witch for choosing, like, this one human man over all of her people that worship her. See, that makes and a Galleon lot more sense. And Galleon also kind of wants Dine himself. I mean, they call it best friends, but... That makes a lot more sense I think than, I'm going to destroy the world because it cost my friend his life, even though he's right over there. And it's like Galleon wants to become a new god a new like wrathful vengeful god that will lead the world he also wants to enslave luna because she's like the one that created this screw up between him and his bff one so other... it makes way more okay. sense in the remake <laughs> one other character thing i wanted to talk about it real quick was uh when you first start the game one of your companions is ramos Yes, Ramus. Ray, he, he's your he's your friend growing up. He's kind of a nerdy fat kid. It's he, he wants money and adventure. So me, 
<laughs> me as a child. Okay. He wants money and adventure, and he kind of pressures you to go along on adventure. He leaves your party fairly early on because he gets what he wants. He gets the money and like, whoa, saving the world. Whoa. <laughs> Too much. Uh, but you actually get to see him a couple of times further on down the story. He opens up a shop, and you get to go and visit with your old friend. And I kind of like that yeah. touch. That idea of this character has left the party, but they still get to have a story. Their story still yeah. progresses. Yep. Uh, and at the very end, his shop has some of the best items in the game. And at the very end, he goes, hey, you're my friend. You're trying to save the world. Take whatever you want for free, <laughs> as much as you want. You can literally go to this store at the end of the game and get the best healing items, the best mana restoration items for free, as many as you can carry. Mm -hmm. What RPG has done that? I know. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. Because best friends. And you're saving the world. Right. He's, um, he's uh, all, the, all the other RPG shopkeepers are just opportunists. Mm -hmm. Did you want to say anything about Luna? Luna is the main heroine. And again, I have to talk about this version versus the PlayStation and other versions. So I played the PlayStation version first, and I really liked Luna. I thought she was a very um, well-developed character. She definitely had a story arc over the course of the game. In this version, she doesn't. She decides to leave Alex and not continue on his adventure very early in the game. She doesn't leave the little island that they live on. Um, where you have your first couple of adventures. So in this version, she's the n terrible 1990s, I'm just a stupid girl getting in the way of the boys' fun <laughs> personality. And that's like literally what she says, that I'm just going to stay home because I'm just the little girl that gets in your way. And then she gets kidnapped. So yeah. she doesn't really have the arc that she has in other versions where she gets to travel with Alex all over the world and... Um, she doesn't have the boat song, so... I, I've the, heard of the boat song. <laughs> in the other versions, when she goes with Alex on the ship from the island to the mainland, she has this really neat song, because she's a singer. I mean, that's the whole thing, is that the goddess Alfina has a beautiful voice um, and is a great singer, so obviously... So they start kidnapping all the singers around right. the world because they're trying to find the goddess. Right, and Luna has this really amazing reflective song on the ship. Um, and none of that's present in this version. So Luna was better served in in newer versions of this game. Did you have anything else, characters or story? Not really. I mean, I think we pretty much pretty much covered it. I, it it really relies on humor. There's like this old um, inventor that you meet who has bad bia. <laughs> yeah. And so his assistants have to be like people that. What do they say? They, like, don't have olfactory senses? Yes, they have no sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> the characters are all pretty charming. I'll, I'll say this about the story. Um, it did a really good job of pointing you in the right direction. It was very tightly written. I, I know I had an issue with the villain's motivation, but for the most part, I like the RPGs where they give you a sense of direction. Where should you go next? What should I be looking for? What should I be trying to do? And I feel like this game was pretty good about being mm -hmm. upfront about, hey, somewhere to the west, I've heard, or, hey, didn't we see a, didn't we see a place that had a balloon like three cities ago? Yeah. I, I like not being left to fumble, 
like a lot of these early RPGs will do, where it's like, I guess I just have to go everywhere in the world uh-huh. and find something that has changed. So I, yeah. I like I like the story progression. So next, I guess we'll move on to combat system. This is the first time we've seen a combat system that's constructed like this. Uh, the characters don't stay static during yes, the combat. Right. They actually move across the battlefield. Now, you don't control their movement. Right. You tell them which enemy to hit, and they will move towards that enemy to strike, and they have to be within range, and the enemy does the same thing. And they get multiple movements per turn, so yeah. you can have them move towards an enemy and they might move twice and get closer to it. Different characters, and as they level up it changes, but different characters have a set number of moves they can make and attacks they can make per turn. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a character who can move twice and then attack twice, or attack three times, or yeah. move once and attack four times, or mm-hmm. move twice, attack once. Uh, there's also ranged weapons. You'll attack. You'll uh, equip characters with bows and arrows, and they won't have to move near as far to mm-hmm. attack enemies further right. away. So, in theory, there's a lot of strategy to this combat system. Mm-hmm. In practice, no. <clears throat> there's it, an AI option. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is the first RPG we've played where I almost exclusively used the auto combat. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason not to, because you're going to be facing, in each area, you're going to be facing pretty much the same enemy party um, in each battle. You can set up what you want your characters to be as their AI command, and then you can just spam AI. Yeah, that's... Which is still kind of a strategy in its own right, and it makes, so, I, the thing that I love about the combat is that it's so fast. Yeah. I mean, for a a game with random battles, each battle is really quick. And I did not use the AI for boss fights. No. Because mm-hmm. there you actually do want to lose use a little bit of strategy, yeah. keep them away from this character, mm-hmm. lure them over here. Um, uh, we did not mention Alex's best friend Nal. Oh, Nal. Alex has a flying cat. Mm-hmm. The flying cat does not participate in combat, but is always with your party. Instead of dying, mm-hmm. a character gets teleported out by the flying cat. Right. So there is no death, there is no resurrection. What happens is, whatever your HP was when you were dealt the killing blow, that's your HP after the combat is mm-hmm. over. And in fact, most of the characters, when their HP gets low enough, they start recovering a little bit every yeah. turn. Mm-hmm. Now, if all your characters get teleported out, that's game over. Yeah. Uh, in order to use items in combat, you have to actually equip those items. Mm-hmm. And you have... Every character has a limited inventory. Or no, there's a group limited there's inventory. There's a group, yes. But every individual character has a limited inventory that includes uh, armor and shields and whatever items you may want them to use. So it's very tight trying to figure out, do I want to equip everything I can on a character or do I just want them to haul all my healing items into yeah. battle? There's some inventory management. It's an odd... And it's, it's different than anything I really remember, especially equipping equipping equipment is different than I've seen in any other game because you just add things to their inventory and that's how they equip them. Yeah, if it's And you don't really know how much it improves stats or Which I always hate. Yeah, you don't you can't tell that at stores, you can't tell at shops, you have to just use the rule that if it's more expensive, it's got to be better. You also have no way to know what spells or items do because they've all got weird right. names until you try it out. And even some of the spells, I had to go online to find out what they were doing. 
Because like if, there's one of Nash's spells that I think paralyzes enemies. Maybe there's a chance of it. Well, I was even thinking about the ones that boost attack. Oh yeah. Well, if you uh, call it courage, and she casts courage, which is not what it's called, but I forget what it yeah. is. But it's that vague. And then a little light shows up around all your characters. What happened? <laughs> right. They all lit up for a second. Uh, hold on. Wikipedia? Yeah. What does this spell do? So, Like it, the spell Magic Box? Does that raise your magic power, I'm assuming? That's I didn't look them all up. If your RPG so. is going to come up with unique names for items and spells, and that's fine, you need to include some kind of system so we know what the hell they are. If you're not going to call it Fire 1, 2, and 3, yeah. then tell me what the hell it is. Is Lightning Ball better than Lightning Wall? They both send out a lightning attack. Which one am right. I supposed to be using? And the game does something that's kind of helpful, sort of, where whatever magic spell that person cast last goes to the very top of the list. That's I would useful. Say that is totally not useful. Except, yeah, then it starts to mix up, especially Nash has like five, five spells that start with the word lightning. Some of them attack well, everybody. The, Some no, of them attack of one person. Start with the word thunder. thunder. Is of, it thunder? All of his spells start with the word thunder. So you get seven or eight thunder something, and some of them attack everybody. Some of them attack one person, and they get progressively more and more powerful. And even that would kind of be okay, except like I said, if you use this one here in the middle, now it's at the top. Good luck guessing which yeah. is which now. They're now in no order at all. I didn't like it because I use so much muscle memory. So I would <laughs> find myself, like, going to my, you know, going to my... Because it remembers your last action. Yes. So, like, if you've selected magic your last turn, it picks magic for you again. But with muscle memory, I would think, okay, I need to go three down. I had that problem that a couple of times, too. And then I would select something random, and that happened to me all through the game. So I would not say that's helpful in the least. I think the idea is useful in concept if your yeah. character has one spell that you like to use all the time. But in practice, again, like the combat was strategic in theory. This mm -hmm. was helpful in theory. At least it was fast. I keep going back to that. At least yeah, it's no, fast. It, so it, it did not, not like bog down. five minutes on every battle. Yeah, high, high encounter rate didn't bug me so much because the battles did go fairly fast. Especially with auto combat. And it made it easy for grinding. and Yeah. Although I don't... There was a bit of grinding, but it I wasn't gr it wasn't excessive. Yeah, I did grinding for money more than I did for experience. True. Yeah, you end up grinding is for money. Super expensive late in the game. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to unless you got something else for combat. No, we're good. Innovations. So this is the first time that we've had a game that actually had voice acting. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what amazing voice acting <laughs> it was. It great? Oh. Hello, Alex. There you are, Alex. I've been looking all over for you. My friends, you are the first adventurers to visit me in a long time. Good morning, Alex. You're late again. <laughs> Did Ramus ever find you? What's sad is I saw people online talking about how great the voice acting was. And I'm like, well, what were they playing? Just the fact that it existed at the time. No, and I'll grant you that. Cool. Like, I'm not, I'm, it's, it's not great voice acting, but it's impressive that it 
had voice acting. I think they, and this is not me like making fun of it. I think it's really true that they just kind of used people that were on the staff and like hanging around the office. And I'll tell you this from my knowledge of like the Sierra Adventure games. Uh-huh. When voice act, when games first went to CD, and they had that much more room, they actually started to include voice acting. But nobody realized how important it was to get professional. So they did that yeah. too. Yeah. One of the first voice acting games was King's Quest V, and they really did just grab people from around the office. Like, okay, you voice the main character, you'll voice yeah, the, right. the obnoxious owl. And anybody who's played King's Quest V knows what a hit and miss thing that was. Uh, I would play the obnoxious owl. <laughs> anyway. He has a famous line, A poison a snake! Graham, watch out! A poison a snake! I could do that. I know you could. <laughs> I could. Uh, in fact, this entire game is very anime. Oh, yeah. Very anime. Definitely. It has little cutscenes. Kind of like Fantasy three. Star 1 did. Yes. And yeah. almost of the same quality, visually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I found very weird. I never owned a Sega CD. I always thought that they were impressive. Or they would be impressive. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything in this game that you couldn't have done on a Super Nintendo except the voice yeah. acting. Yeah. That's true. Like, the graphic qualities of the cutscenes and everything... And Fantasy Star 1 was on the Master System. Mm-hmm. And the picture quality overall was not that much better. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed, and that's just my own expectations. I thought, I wonder what they'll do with a Sega CD. Well, they'll make a Super Nintendo game and throw some voice acting. <laughs> right. Basically. With, mu- with music that also reset. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to the music. Also, speaking of Fantasy Star 1, Flying Cat again. Yeah. Very Fantasy yeah. Star 1. Mm-hmm. So, Russ, this is going to be your little area to shine. I found the translation a bit odd in places. Yeah, certainly. Did you want to tell me why because, it was a bit odd in places? Because it was translated by Ted Woolsey, or Woosley. I can't remember if it's Woolsey or Woosley, ever. But it was full of Woolseyisms. Pop culture references. Yes, it's full of, called Woolseyisms, because that's the way he translated a lot of prolific games in the 90s. So there's references to Wheaties, there's a kid that talks about eating his Wheaties, and he's going to grow up big and strong, and there's, in the singing village... I think there's a Don't Leave Home Without It. Yes, in the singing village they talk about how Galleon's favorite uh, song is an ABBA song or something. Um, there's a joke about coming out of the closet, that Galleon is coming out of the closet as now, the Magic Emperor. And it's my understanding that the original game did not have that sense of humor. This is the original game. No, no, the original translation in Japanese. Oh, correct, because that's what Ted Woolsey did. He injected humor one, that didn't that is, didn't belong. He is the one that did the um, in Final Fantasy VI the Kefka. Do I look like a waiter to you? I mean that that that's just what he did <laughs> in games he translated. Because there were a bit like as you pointed out, some of the pop culture references really struck me as odd. And sometimes, if I remember correctly from the making of DVD that came with the PlayStation version, they talked about how some of those, like the Wheaties reference, was used to, was used in place of jokes in Japanese that didn't make sense in English. Okay. And it was something like, the it was some joke about like a baseball and a frog or something, and those words sound the same in Japanese. And it was like a pun, but it would make absolutely no sense in English. So he just threw in a Wheaties reference. So he threw in like pop culture references wherever there would be some kind of Japanese pun. 
Fair enough. Or something that would make no sense. I will give the game credit for this. It was very easy to tell who could and couldn't equip new items from the store. Oh, yeah. Because you'd have your list of characters up Mm -hmm. at the top, and they made it very clear, him, him, and him can do a sword, her and her can do the shield. Um, So I appreciated that, but like Russ mentioned earlier, no way to tell which items were better than others until you... Just the pride. You had to equip them and look at the stats afterwards. So it's probably pretty good. There are no ends in this game. There is no place where you pay money to sleep and recover health. You recover your health at rocks on the world map, and you recover your magic at other rocks on the world map. Right. Luckily, the game is fairly generous with them. It's really generous with the HP ones, and then it's somewhat... Usually the the magic restoring ones are always right before the next dungeon. Yeah. You can also recover at Shrines of Althena, and there's like a wizard in the magic city of Vane that will recover. Speaking of dungeons, though, you can save the game in a dungeon. Yeah. That's not common. No, it's really not. No, usually games are like, hey, you go in that dungeon, have fun. You can only save on the overworld. Right. Uh, But you can save in the middle of a dungeon, anywhere, anytime, which is good, because a little bit like Arcana, you never quite know where the boss fight is until you just step on it and boss. Yeah, you stumble on it. Mm -hmm. And Uh, the dungeons, some of the dungeons are really straightforward, and then some of them are like crazy mazes. Yes. Yes, there were some where I needed to get a map, and there were others where, no, I got this one, it's easy. Uh, The game also sometimes gives you XP for completing a quest. Mm -hmm. Not just fighting a boss, not just fighting monsters, but like, hey, I got the dragon helmet. Here's a buttload of XP for the party. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. It made me feel like I was getting somewhere. It made me feel like I was a... It's like... It's like getting a trophy in a PlayStation game nowadays. Like, okay, cool, I'm getting somewhere. I'm moving along. It was a little pat on the back. And then the last thing I've got is there was a lot of party switching early in the game, in the story. Mm -hmm. The story had a lot of, all right, this character joins you, now she's gone, now he's here, now he's gone, now he's back. There was a lot, and I kind of like that. Yeah, no, I like that too. But as you'll you'll see in in the footage that I captured reorganizing your party did you do that in the party menu i stopped after a while because hopefully because you edit the videos (laughs) so hopefully at this very moment you put in a clip which i took on purpose of me just trying to arrange my characters in the order that i wanted them in the party i have no idea the rhyme or reason how you do it I, I did it once or twice. <laughs> and it's just me, like... But it's it wasn't easy, randomly. and then it was undone the next time somebody left yes, or entered. I know. So. You have to redo it every time somebody enters or leaves the party. And I wanted Nal to be at the end of the party, since he's not oh, actually he in combat. To follow Alex. Yeah, no. You can't move him. Yeah. So, uh, did you have any other innovations? Anything else that stuck out to you as interesting or unique? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Which brings us to our next topic, the one that we are experts on. Yeah. Music. We are musical experts. You came here to hear about the music, and you came to the right place. Because we are all about that music. We're all about that bass. Copyright. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was um, tempted to start singing, but I'm not Russ. The, mu- the music um, was composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. It actually won uh, Best Music for a Video Game Award in 1991 when it came out. Which 
is odd because it doesn't strike me as I mean it's familiar to me but it's not it's not like a Chrono Trigger soundtrack or a even that opening song of Luvia something that I really associate it was okay it it struck me as pretty short and repetitive loops yeah and again I kind of expected more for for the Sega CD uh, especially especially when you compare it to the next game we're going to review, which was for the NES. Mm, and yet the music yeah. is so much more amazing. I feel like they weren't pushing the envelope at all. No, it's, it's kind of... It was kind of just generic fantasy RPG music. But apparently it won um, awards. It did win an award. And uh, the guy who composed it, whose name is... Noriyuki Iwadare. Went on to compose all the music for all the Lunar remakes and everything like that. He also did some arranging for Super Smash Brothers songs. And Phoenix Wright. He's apparently the composer for... Several of the Phoenix Wright games. Several Phoenix Wright games, which are amazing. So I've, I've played them a little bit. Oh, I love them. We should make the princess play them. As a lawyer, she might actually get into him. Hey, princess, there's a video game about being a lawyer. I think a lawyer would just point out all of the inconsistencies. <laughs> well, it's a Japanese law, though, so it'd be fine. We could just say, no, that's how the law works in Japan. <laughs> in Japan, they use a spirit medium to... <laughs> <laughs> Every case has a medium. Okay, yeah, we're getting a little off, off the rails. Yeah, um... I don't really have yeah, much else was, to say about the music. No. It didn't... It's recognizable. I mean, that initial little little theme is recognizable to me, but it's not. Now, I have heard great. from people that the PlayStation remake music is much better. Russ mentioned the boat song. Apparently, yeah. the boat song is very famous in video game music boat, circles. Yes, and the, because the boat song gives Luna character development that she was never allowed to have in this version. And it was actual decent singing yes. and music mm -hmm. and specific an for the game. professional singer. Long before Final Fantasy VII started that tradition. Was it seven or eight? I think it was eight. Eight had the Eyes on, eyes me, on me song. Don't roll your eyes about eight. I will roll. You, you're not the boss of me. You're not my real dad. I love eight. Eight is the, if you're going to play one Final Fantasy oh, game. Oh, no. You shut you your play damn. eight. Don't listen to him, kids. He's trying to lead you down the path That's... of temptation to evil and wrongness <laughs> and unhappiness. Play eight and then twelve. Four. You play four, you play five, you play six, then you stop. You can play seven if you have to. If somebody's got a gun to your head, then you stop. You play eight and then you play... Two. Moving on! And then... I would give this game an A minus, and the the minus just comes from the technical few technical flaws that we discussed, um, the lack of a real strategy in the battle system, um, and just some user unfriendly options for you know determining the strength of items and what the different spells do. Um, other than that, the story is great, the characters are great, even though Luna didn't really get her due until the, the remake, um, but this really is a classic uh, JRPG for a reason. There's a reason that it has been remade on so many different platforms, um, so I think it definitely deserves an A with just a few points off for some technical issues. Overall, I found 
I just found playing this game to be a very pleasant experience. I don't... I was trying to quantify it as I was playing it, but there was something soothing and pleasant about playing through the game. The characters were good. Uh, the combat... Like I said, I switched it to auto-combat. But, I don't know. I enjoyed the game, apart from the technical difficulties we talked about. My pet peeve about not knowing what items are good. Uh, not knowing what spells do. Uh, I'm, I'm torn between giving it an A- like Russ did and a B+. Just to be different from Russ, I'm going to give it a B+. But I'd still overall recommend it. Uh, in fact, it's the kind of game I may myself play again just because it was that enjoyable an experience so that was lunar one yay i had a good time i really did like i said i i can picture myself just playing it in the future for fun yeah uh which has not been true of a great number of the games that we <laughs> have played pop in arcana whenever you had a rough day <laughs> never again okay. never again um so if you want to play lunar Russ, where you could have, they play Lunar you 1? You have a lot of options. Um, you can play this Sega CD version. You can play the version on the PlayStation 1. If you don't already have it, it is like finding a needle in a haystack. Um, you can play it on your iOS device. Um, I don't know if there's an Android version, but look into it. Um, there is a Game Boy Advance version, <laughs> and there is a PSP version. See, I shake my hand at Game Boy Advance, but really... I, there's nothing that the Sega CD version did that the Game Boy Advance yeah. couldn't. Um, and just just note that um, the Sega CD version is drastically different than all the others. Yeah, the version we I played mean, the is character, very I mean, unique. it has the same characters, and it has generally the same plot, but the, the order of events and dungeons and are all totally different. Yeah, I did end up looking at a walkthrough at one point that was comparing all the different versions and man <laughs> yeah. so next up we are playing a game that really we're just playing it so we can get to the sequel one day yeah. uh, join us next time as Russ and I play the prelude to our favorite video game of it's all time it's the little brother of the best game <laughs> ever made We'll be talking about Mother One. Mother One. Or slash Earthbound, Earthbound Zero. Slash Earthbound, Earthbound Beginnings. Beginnings. So uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaur productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. <laughs> when I was but a child. <laughs> When I was but a small child. Oh, let me pop my neck. Should I move over? I feel like you should move that way. Way far apart. We should be far apart. We've got a whole frame to fill up. Oh god, damn it! <laughs> Let's do it. Never. Let's talk. Never. <laughs>
You should really aim your bow more towards the camera. Yes, Russ, you should present to the camera. So, this Nobody's is... Nobody's laughing at God in a hospital. Nobody's laughing at God I blame you war. for this. Nobody's laughing at God when you're starving or freezing or so very poor. Maybe you should just put this as part of the clip and <laughs> I always do. I put this stuff at the end as bloopers. But everyone's laughing at God it when you're never at a party and you hear a good goddamn joke. I don't remember all the words to that. Thank song, God. But I do, but I do like that. So this is the first time. I feel numb. I feel numb. So we're going to stop taking breaks in between sections, I think. I feel numb. It takes too long to get his attention. Do you need Adderall? Probably. It's the camera. I get giddy. I, I don't know why. Unless it's just you, me, and the princess hanging I out. In front of the entire internet. So this so is... So should we just do a show of me singing? Dear God, no. I can sing DuckTales. Woo! I've watched the new DuckTales. So this it is... It was good. <laughs> David Tennant does Scrooge's voice. I know. David Tennant and Kate and uh, Kate McCucci is Webby. Don't you like Kate McCucci? I do. I love her. I do like McCucci. You like McCucci? I like McCucci. Yeah, I do too. <gasps> we should do that. We should make up little songs. Can you play the guitar? No. I can sing. You can play the drums. I can sing great. I don't have any drums. I can't play the drums. I don't have any. So this is the first time. <laughs> Could you imagine me being hate, an actor? I hate my life so much. You broke everything! Friend, travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. <gasps> and, and if, if you threw, threw a party! <laughs> okay.